Blind Living Radio is brought to you by HP ink and toner cartridges. Precision engineered to work together with your HP printer. Industries for the Blind presents Blind Living Radio, where you'll hear interesting topics, fun stories, and important news about our blind and visually impaired community. It's time now for Blind Living Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Blind Living Radio, live from the HP studio at IB Milwaukee. I'm your host, Harley Thomas, in studio today with two very special co-hosts. I have Cindy Alioto. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Harley. And we have Tony Crepo. Hi, Harley. You know what, guys? Wasn't that long ago that the three of us went to a Milwaukee Bucks basketball game, had a little bit of fun, right? Oh, that was lots of fun. It's always fun to do a sport outing as a work function. Now, getting around and finding our way around the stadium was a little bit challenging, but I think, you know what, we managed really well, didn't we? Yes, we did. We did excellent. And I think mobility is something we spent a lot of time talking about. Tony, I know you and I have spent a lot of time talking about mobility. We have um, a lot of discussions regarding dog versus cane. Dog versus, that was one of my favorite episodes, dog versus cane. And you know who won? Neither. Neither, because it doesn't matter. It's, it's what works for each individual. And, Cindy, you're very active in the community and very active in the rehabilitation community also, right? Yes. And what are some of the challenges people have as they get into mobility issues and getting around? Because a lot of our listeners may be blind or be visually impaired. Some people might be losing their sight. What are some of the challenges that people face and some of the maybe fears that they have? The biggest challenge is people have to learn to embrace their blindness and not be embarrassed to carry the cane. And and it, it's such a great tool for us. It's our eyes. Very well said. Tony, do you disagree? I, I cannot disagree. I do go between cane and dog, and I'm comfortable with both. You don't slow down with either. You fly up and down the hall. I'm pretty quick, but I don't think I'm as fast as Cindy. Cindy. I hit too many walls. Tends to slow you down. (laughs) Well, today, we've spent some time trying to find new technology that's available to the community. And we actually had the opportunity to bring in Victor Medavici from SpiderSense. And he's joining us in the studio this morning. Hi, Victor. Hi, Harley. Thank you for having me. Uh, Cindy and Tony, uh, hello, guys. Thanks for having me. Hi, Victor. Hello. SpiderSense is really a neat technology, Victor, that Cindy got to try, Tony got to try, a whole bunch of people got to try. Maybe you can give us a little background on how SpiderSense came to be and the technology. Let's start with who you are and why you're involved in creating a technology for the blind community. Um, Yeah, sounds great. Um, So I'm a PhD candidate at the University of Illinois at Chicago, UIC, known as UIC, um, at the Electronic Visualization Lab. The lab is mostly known for creating computer graphics, um, coining of the term scientific visualization, and coming up with technologies like the CAVE, which are virtual environment uh, technologies. So it's mostly the work that we do is a lot of visuals. But lately, we started thinking about how can, now that we have technology, now that technology is becoming wearable, and we uh, carry supercomputers in our pockets like the phones. Yeah, the wearable technology is really growing. Cindy and I have had a couple of guests on the show, and Tony also. Just wearable technology is huge now. It is, yes. And it's all because two things happen. One of them, technology now, has become a lot smaller. 
Um, and the second one is battery technology. We didn't have the capacity to power up those electronics. You could power them up maybe for a few seconds, maybe for a few minutes, but you can wear things for an entire day or an entire week. So now that the technology has become a lot better, we're going to see more and more wearable technologies because we can now power them and carry them around. So we started thinking about, okay, wearable technology, when you wear wearable technology, you are in a way augmented because now you have a sense. Now you have something that regular people do not have. For example, when you have your phone in your pocket, you can get the phone out and by using Google Maps, you immediately know where you are. Or you can text message somebody in China all around the world instantly. So we started asking questions, research questions like, what does it mean to be augmented? What can you do with wearable technologies? Can we add an extra sense? What does it mean to see the invisible? So during that research, we came up with SpiderSense, and it was an iterative process where we said, what if we add a vibration motor with a rangefinder, and it vibrates, so this way you can feel what is around you. Let's build one and see what happens, and then we kind of build on that and continued the research. And in the end, we built about 15 modules. So the initial version of SpiderSense, there were small boxes with cables that were connected to a central microprocessor, and it looked really cool, actually. If you watch Iron Man, uh, it kind of looks like the first version of the suit. You wouldn't want to walk with that outside. People are going to get scared. They're going to call the police, and you're going to be in big trouble. Embracing a cane and embracing a guide dog is one thing because people see it and they're used to it and they've seen it before. But if you walked around with cables and things on your yes. body, yes. And spider sense is a wearable technology, so it's like a vest or a jacket, right? So right. can you describe it to our listeners? I've, I've seen it. You have it in a black jacket right now, like a lightweight fleecy jacket almost. Yeah, so we, we built the initial version and we said, let's see what happens when you're wearing this technology because always when you do an initial prototype, you don't really care about the looks. You want to answer the questions. If, let's say, the technology was not working, who cares about the looks if the technology is not working? So once we kind of figured out how to use this, this kind of technology, then we said, let's make it smaller and let's make it a jacket. And that's how the next version came about. <laughs> I know. And it's a jacket with, with how many sensors on it? Right now, so there, it's a jacket. You wear it. Nobody knows you're wearing any kind of technology. It's, it's really discreet. Regular. It's really, really discreet. There are 12 sensors, and each sensor is basically an eye that looks for obstacles around you. And behind that sensor, there is a vibration motor. So if there is an obstacle, the vibration motor will start vibrating. And as you get closer to an object, the vibration, the intensity will increase. And we have a 360-degree coverage. So we have sensors even on your back. And there are also two levels of sensors. We have some of them are higher up, uh, almost half of them on your upper body, like, for example, chest, shoulders and upper back and then the rest of the sensors are on the lower side so around your belly wrists and lower back so this way if let's say your let's say your your abs are vibrating and chest is not vibrating then you know that the object you're gonna you're gonna bump into something that's like a counter a counter height Right. Probably. Now, if only the top ones are vibrating, you know that there's something at head height, something that your cane, you wouldn't know with a cane that there is something at head height. Could be a sign as you're walking down the sidewalk. Cindy, has that ever, do you ever run into those, you or Tony? Yes, at edge of a sign. Um, at uh, the NFB convention, they had a sign, and by the second day, they had to put foam around it because so many people were running into it. I remember seeing a picture of that, mm-hmm. and I was going... That's not good because you're right. Your cane won't pick things no, it, up that are was, at head level. It was level. shoulder level, so it right. clipped you in the face or the shoulder. 
I mean, Tony, you have a you have a guide dog, and and he's pretty good at finding things like that, right? He's pretty good. He's not a hundred percent. Well, we'll hit posts or or walls. And this would be a neat thing to augment to help with that. And this intensity, does it hurt when it vibrates, Victor? It does not. No, it it's you feel it kind of like a nudge, and the intensity, of course, will increase as you get closer to objects. So you also get a sense of how close you are to something. And another cool thing that I like a lot is the fact that because you have sensors on the back. Now you have an extra sense that regular humans do not have. You know if somebody's following you and you know how far away they are from you. I think this is really neat because you've done a lot of trials with spider sense. And you came to IB Milwaukee and it really got put to application in an office environment from people that work in an office building. It's like everyday life. And Cindy, you got to use it. Tony, you got to use it. Tony, can you share a little bit about what it was like wearing spider sense? It was a buzz. It was a buzz. <laughs> but um, bump. I don't have a drum roll. I need a drum roll. It was incredible. How so? When you're walking around, if you got close to something, uh, initially it was set up. I think a initially foot. it's yeah between one and two feet. Yeah. So you had to get really close to something before it would it would actually start vibrating. So I got really close to a wall, and my right side would start vibrating, and then I switched over to a to walking with my dog. And then we extended out the range on that to six feet. And walking with a dog, who usually don't run into things too often, but I didn't realize how close he would get me to, to walls. He does get you very close to the wall, Tony. And I'm moving pretty quick. You're moving very quickly. And I, and I, don't, I don't even know. I, I just I go with it. So this really opened up my eyes to, to what I was close to or how far away from something I was. And your surroundings, and it, it really helped you realize where you were at in your surroundings. It, that's really cool. Yeah, and I think what's really interesting about Spider-Sense, and one thing I learned and I'm, is the fact that people like Tony, they're wearing Spider-Sense for the first time. The learning curve is really quick. They, we didn't have to go through training. They just wear it, and they get it, and they know how to use it. Of course, the more they're, they're, somebody wears Spider-Sense, the better they're going to become. They can walk faster. But even from the first time, you kind of know what's going on. It's really natural. Cindy, you wore it also, and what was your experience with it? I really liked it. I did notice two areas that they need to put sensors, more in the front on the shoulder and more down by the thigh, because those are the two areas I always hit, the corner of a table, because the sensors by my abdomen weren't quite low enough. So they need to maybe extend it a little bit. And Cindy, you know what? I apologize to our audience. I did not mention both you and Tony are completely blind with no light perception. Yes. And I should probably make sure everyone knows that. So you guys were walking around with this vest without... You did it without a cane, right? No, we had our cane. You had your cane? Okay. Yeah. So you walked around with a cane and the spider sense vest to augment your experience in the office. Yes. And like Tony said, it, it was amazing how close you got to things. So, Victor, I know when Tony tried this... He was so excited. And Tony, come on. You were thrilled wearing this thing. Let's talk a little bit about what you did. Because you even went outside wearing spider sense. Yeah, things usually don't get me this excited. And I was extremely... You could have lit this building with the smile I had on my face walking around. I agree. Around. You could. <laughs> right, Victor? He, yeah, he was smiling. And, and yeah, he was really excited. I, I could see that. So when you put it on at first, it, it, it was a jacket. Didn't really understand what it was going to do, but once I got it on and Victor started standing in front of me, 
this thing just started I started buzzing all over these these sensors they just and it, you were saying hello pretty much it, it took a little while to get used to it's a different feeling because it, it's something new it, it took a little bit to get used to but once i i got used to f- looking and feeling waiting for the response of the, the vibration on the clothing that was it i you were hooked. Line and sinker. You're, you're a believer. I know you are. You're like, hey, can I get one of these? And yes. Victor, they're still in prototype, still in development. Yeah, and, and Tony only wore it for about half an hour. So when he right. says that, it took a little bit. It probably took like five or ten minutes, right, until you got everything. Real quick. Yeah, it was, it was pretty fast. Yeah. He picks things up very quickly. And as I'm sure a lot of your users pick things up really fast. I mean, that's, that's our goal. We want to make something portable, something that you can just wear and go outside immediately and something that's going to be really natural and you can, uh, you, you wear it and, and you can start using it immediately. So I'm, I'm actually super excited that, uh, Tony liked it and that his experience was positive and he loved it. Did you learn anything different having it in a work environment versus your other experiments? Yeah, so maybe Tony can talk a little bit about this. You can specify the range. So, for example, if you are outside, you want to know if things are further away, so you can increase the range. But then when you are in an environment, uh, like in an office environment, if you set the range too high up, then your whole body is vibrating. So then, cause you like only if you were wearing know, it in the studio right now and right. it turned up, there are four walls and it's a fairly small space. You'd be vibrating all over, right? So that's why you want to you want to tune it down in that situation. Yeah. How so? How did you feel? How did, how did you decide to tune it up? I started off with a cane, and that was uh, one foot or two feet. Uh, I don't remember um, exactly what the measurement was, but really had to get really close to to objects at, until it started buzzing. And then I changed over to the dog. At that point, Victor had extended the range out to six feet. Then I really started buzzing. I mean, I, I was going off. It, it, it was just incredible. Walking down the hall with my dog, he pushed me up against one of the walls. I, couldn't, I didn't hit it, but I, I felt the spider sense going off. So I stopped and I, I touched out. And, and there I it was. Would, I would say probably max six, six inches away. So I was pretty, I was pretty close. What did you do outside when you went outside when you and Victor went out to walk around? Well, let me let me talk about a little bit about the stairwell leading out to oh, outside. Then yeah. I'll talk about outside because that was pretty intense. The stairwell, but all of it, all of it, all of it. Yeah. Victor's just smiling. He's beaming actually. <laughs> so we pulled up to the edge of the staircase, and I could feel the sensors going off behind me. It, it started off on one side and it was it was pretty pretty soft but then as people started forming around me around my back my back just it, it was buzzing from top to bottom and i i could tell that there was people behind me and, and had a good sense of where they were um it really got intense as we went down so our staircase goes down to a landing and then you make a left-hand turn and then go down another set of stairs. When I was on that, that landing, I could feel the wall on my right-hand side and then the people that were coming down the stairs on my right-hand side and then my back was going off. So pretty much all around me except for my front was, was buzzing and I could tell that I was in an enclosed area. Did anyone try to pass you on the left? 
Because you would know, right? You would know if someone's passing you on the left. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. We might talk about that a little later because I did go into a cafeteria as well. But I'd like to talk about the outside. All right. So you made your way down the stairs. Yes. And as we went outside, this is where I take Abbott, which is my guide dog, to go to the bathroom all the time. So I'm pretty familiar with the area. Or at least I thought. So when we got out there, this was now at six feet. And as I was standing there, it was buzzing by the wall. And I was standing on an angle, a 45-degree angle, according to the door. And I could feel Victor and his assistant walk around me. And as she walked around me, I could feel it going off as she went around me. So these sensors were vibrating as it went around. So the front would stop, and then the side would, would start up, and then... That would stop, and then the back would start up. That was an awareness you would never have before, knowing that someone was actually moving around. No. That's really cool. And in a way now, you can feel people behind you, which is something that even if you have full vision, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. And you're right. And this has been a great discussion, Victor. Why don't we take a quick commercial break? I'm Harley Thomas with Blind Living Radio. We are joined in studio today with Victor Medavici from SpiderSense, Tony Crapo, and Cindy Aliotto from IB Milwaukee. We'll be right back after these messages. Blind Living Radio will be right back after these messages. Blind Living Radio is supported by Industries for the Blind in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, creating employment opportunities for the blind and visually impaired from coast to coast. From Milwaukee, Wisconsin, this is Blind Living Radio from Industries for the Blind, providing employment opportunities for blind professionals since 1952. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Blind Living Radio from the HP studio. I'm Harley Thomas from IB Milwaukee, and I'm joined today with Cindy Aliotto. Hello. And Tony Crapo. Hello. And before the break, we're having a great discussion. We're here with Victor Medavici from SpiderSense, talking about some of the experiences that Cindy and Tony have had using this new technology that's still in development, right, Victor? Mm-hmm. Yes, still so in it's development. very much in development. You're working on it at the university? Yes. For my PhD, I'm looking into, in general, how can you communicate messages through the skin? Through the skin? Right. That so tactility a, and haptics. That's a pretty cool thesis paper. Oh, yeah. Thank you. How's it coming along? Well, it's tough. It's not easy. You no, know? it can't be but, easy. Yeah, I, I want to graduate so, I, so we can get SpiderSense to market. Well, and SpiderSense, from what we heard from Tony, is awesome. Cindy, do you want to share a little experience? And I know, I know Tony wants to share a little bit more before the break. He said, I have more to tell. I have more to tell. But, Cindy, maybe you can share some of your excitement about SpiderSense. Walking around the building, where did you go? I went downstairs, and the bell rang for them to go to lunch. So all the people were coming out of the peace rate area, and I could tell. And I just stood there because my chest was vibrating because they were walking in front of me. And until they all went by, then it stopped. Then I knew I could cross. It's like a cross crossing area. The thing that impresses me about this is it's not only for the blind. They want to use it for military people when they're in the dark jungles or if you're going into a dark house with smoke for rescue people. So it's not for anybody where you can't see. And I think that would be just awesome. 
you bring up an excellent point about fire rescue. Mm -hmm. And I know that was one thing we talked about a while ago before you actually came in. And that's one, that's a neat use for that, isn't it, Victor? What are some other uses for spider sense? Yeah. I mean, if you are a firefighter and, and you're in an environment when, where there is a lot of smoke and you cannot see in a way you're blind, you don't know what's going on around you and you want to be safe. So now with spider sense, you can feel openings or you can feel obstacles. Um, so that would be our next market, where, where we want to go next. Embed spider sense into the jackets that the firefighters are wearing so that now they can feel what's going on around them. They know how to get out of the building immediately if something goes bad. And then you can imagine policemen, they may operate in an environment where, where they don't see. Again, spider sense is going to keep them safe. Uh, another thing that we didn't talk about was the positioning about the sensors. I know I, I mentioned that there are 12 sensors, but I didn't actually say where they are. So there are two on the chest, left and right. So you know if somebody's on your right side of the chest or left side. There are two on the abs, lower abs. There are two on the back shoulder blades, two on the lower back, and then you have one, one on each wrist and one on each shoulder. So this gives you 360 coverage. So when Cindy talked about the chest, um, she felt some vibration on the chest, so she kind of knew that there is something in front of her. And Cindy, you brought up a good point in the cafeteria when there are people coming and going. People are navigating to their favorite table. People are navigating to the refrigerator, navigating to the cafeteria line. Mm-hmm. And they don't always use their canes either, so you can't hear them. Right, and that helps. It definitely does. And along with the different positions of the sensors, we also figured out you need one on the top shoulder facing forward and down by your thigh because those are key areas blind people hit, like tables. The other day in my kitchen, I ran into the corner of my kitchen table, and I have a bruise now on my thigh. In our hallway here, one of the walls jets out, and you clip your shoulder on it if you're not over far enough. So there could use a few more senses. I clip my shoulder on that same wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to know. I want to thank you guys for helping me out and giving me all this feedback. What that's going to help us really a lot. And the the reason why the tests that we did today and yesterday are great is because, as a researcher, we usually have a lab. We make a maze. We kind of guide. They're not real life experiments. But with you in this environment, that's really challenging. There are a lot of chairs tables it's a real office space i'm actually getting real feedback of what i can improve one thing we haven't talked about yet people can find out more information at spider-sense.com they can sign up for the email newsletter you'll keep people up to date ultimately where do you think the price point of this might come i know you're trying to make this affordable this isn't going to be a $20,000 item, you don't think, right? Is that- no, it's not. We do want to make this affordable. We believe that our vision and mission is that everybody who is blind or visually impaired should be wearing Spider-Sense. And we don't want to charge a lot of money and have less customers. We want to charge less so we can have more customers. So we're aiming between 500 and 1,000, and of course, that's where we're going, 500. But it all depends on the technology and the manufacturing process, and in the end, to how many customers. If we, uh, we need to manufacture 100,000, we, we can drag the price down. If we only have 100 customers, then it's not going to be affordable for us to manufacture $500. Victor, I'm blown away. A lot of this technology costs way more, and I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. And I hear the out music, so our time together is coming to an end, Cindy. Oh, that's too bad. I was really enjoying this talk. Tony, any last words? Just a thought. This uh, could also be used in networking situations. 
Oh, perfect. Social. Right. Networking. Social yeah. and networking situations. We've been in the studio this morning with Victor Medavici from SpiderSense. Again, you can learn more at spider-sense.com. I'm Harley Thomas, host of Blind Living Radio, in studio with Cindy Aliotto and Tony Crapo from IB Milwaukee. You've been listening to Blind Living Radio. We'll talk to you all next week. Thanks for listening to and supporting Blind Living Radio. You can support Industries for the Blind by ordering any of our products from blind-made.com. That's blind-made.com. Blind Living Radio is brought to you by HP ink and toner cartridges, precision engineered to work together with your HP printer. Hi, I'm Victor Maravici from SpiderSense. Find us online at spider-sense.com. And you're listening to Blind Living Radio. Blind Living Radio.